Hello, all you cosmic travelers and wanderers. This is Darlene Vandegrift and K. Melissa Waterman, inviting you to join us today in our episode of Expansion from Within, Exploring Multidimensionality. Let me introduce you to my friend and dear colleague, Darlene Vandegrift. She is a lifetime experiencer, a medical intuitive, and a multidimensional mediator for over 35 years. She's also an author, an artist, a teacher, and a mentor for spiritually invested people. And Kay Melissa Waterman is my friend and colleague, and she's an intuitive mentor, a spiritual teacher. She also works with energy on many levels. In the past, Melissa has worked with Dr. Joe Dispenza on his research team. Join us on our journey of meeting multidimensional beings, exploring what it means to be human, and expanding our spiritual evolution. Today, we're going to interview another member of the Council of 28. This being's name is White. Is there anything you want to say before I start asking her questions? I would just like to say, you know, that quite a few of the beings on the, on the council have created names for themselves, or I didn't know how to address them because they have a, they don't usually use names. So in their, in their dimensional place, they have a, a signature, they have a frequency signature that they're recognized by. But for us, the names make m- more sense. So we have a connection to them. White, when I first met her, she was very pale. And part of her story is why she was that. She was very sad. She was sullen. She was kind of grayish white, actually. And so I labeled her white and it stuck. It's not that she called herself that. It was more or less, that's what she looked like to me. (laughs) She was just very, she was just very pale and white and not under, not not descript, but it was just her skin, ashen. Right. She was more ashen. Yeah. Can you ask White for us, you know, to tell us about herself? Yes. So White is one of 27 females is how I was introduced to her. Their species is designed to be neutral. So they, and designed mean that it's in their genetic pattern, in their DNA to be neutral and they cannot lie. That was a bit fascinating for me. In fact, my own personal experience with that is that while I was working with her and finding out her story and understanding the dynamics that existed in her life, as well as with Sari, because they are connected. It was that time period of a few weeks that if I wanted to say something to somebody that wasn't like a hundred percent of the truth, it would, I couldn't do it. It was very, it was a very, you know, it was like, whoa, this is what it's like to not say anything out of the, you, you, you stay neutral and you don't say anything that is not in the truth realm. I can't say that it was difficult, but it was just shocking to me that in my connection with her, that kind of bled through. We learn about biotransference which is a piece of what happens when you're working with multidimensionals in a way is that you become more blended with them in their experience, as well as what they get out of being blended with humans, which is part of why they are here, right? Is that they want to interact more. So going back to white, she would say that 
their species. So I'll just describe her a little. You're going to put the painting up. White is very small. She's probably four foot three. She's a little round. Her hair is very thin, kind of red straggly. She's got a broad smile when she does smile, but that was rare when I first met her. I would describe her looking like that. She's very humanoid looking. And what would she say about herself? She would say that her species is kind and caring and very connected to humans. What she would offer humanity is to take some of her DNA. <laughs> She's funny. Um, especially the uh, truthfulness DNA that she wished that she could share that in some way, because it would rectify much of what's going on on the planet. It may raise chaos at first, but it would rectify issues. So her species lives in another galaxy, but they are very familiar with humans and humanoids that live in their galaxies. It's not, it's not just them. And there's other species that also live with them in their vicinity and on their planet. Those are species have a name that we would be able to understand or spell. The eventuality is that the tall, tall whites were part of that. They're bringing up insectoids, the mantis beings, which are also very theatrical, she would say, entertaining, highly intelligent. And they don't necessarily interact with each other. You know, like they're not buds, right? Like we wouldn't consider them friends, but they're not hostile either. They're, they prefer to stay by themselves. She would say that, you know, there's that one particular uh, insectoids. There's, there's at least two other that we are not familiar with that would be part of that community on that planet. I just think it's wild. I had a praying mantis on my uh, front window just two days ago. Amazing creatures. We had a hatch when I was about 11 or 12 in the house. Thousands of them, thousands of them just crawling out the front door, marching out the front door. It was really quite amazing. Down steps, they had to go. It was fascinating. I'm glad that you opened the door for them. Yes. <laughs> Instead of spraying them with some horrible insecticide. Yes. <laughs> so many people would have been like, oh, no, get, get them dead. What is White's history with the council? So she was brought in because of Sari. So Sari, be, being the behavioral analyst, is very much into experimentation. She works in that lab in Atlantis. So there was a issue with white. Her history is that the species was dying. The males were no longer able to procreate. They were experimented on by a few scientists that I, I don't know if they were human at the time or what their species was, but <clears throat> they were the males were experimented on in supposedly to bring them to more of a place where they're, they would thrive, right? They would be able to procreate. They, that was the intention. Whatever happened in that realm of experimentation is that the, the men started to die off. So within a few months of lots of suffering that they had, they 
they died off. So there was only females left. So if you think of, you know, there was 27 females, 27 males, the, the, all the males died. They had no idea what was going to happen to them. And they had, and, and they wanted to survive and on the galactic federation, they wanted them. They didn't want to lose that species because of the, because of the DNA and what they carry, right? They didn't want to lose that. Sari got involved at that point. And what she did is they had saved the DNA of the males. So they were able to replicate that with the female DNA. So they created babies for them. They created offspring for them. And so they were brought in for Sari to rectify the damage that was done. So that's how she got involved into the council. She wasn't initially involved in the council, but Sari felt that it was important in their relationship of how they, because they had to do some serious conversations. And when I was involved with a mediation between the two, because the females were not happy in working with another scientist, having this as, and that needed to be cleared. It needed to be cleared with the scientists that had done it. It needed to be, everything needed to be cleared so that they're playing, you know, their beginning of bringing in new offspring was in a clear space. So she was brought in from Sari after they bonded so that their story could be told in a way that showed humanity a way to bond or connect when there's been a wrongdoing. So she was brought in that way, but what she offers is that DNA. She offers that ability to, to not lie and stay neutral. It's more about the, the not lying in the council isn't, isn't an issue, right? It's not, it's not their issue. It's not something that they have to deal with, but the neutrality and holding that, I would say she holds the neutral space. When we go into the council room and we work and whatever, she's in part of the team that would hold the neutral space because it's who she is. Does she have emotions? She has, she would say that she has calming emotions, which are more prevalent, but it's not that she can't feel fear or anger, but they're much more diminished because of the neutrality piece. She knows how to bring them in to neutrality quicker than what we would understand. Like, how do you go from one to 60 and back down to one in seconds? You know? Right. Yeah. I think we all could use a lot more of that. If we could get some of that DNA implanted would be spectacular. (laughs) Yes. So what she does now on the council is holding space, basically. Yes. She holds space. She interacts um, at times with individuals. Like I experienced that this morning with working with someone that um, she actually told me a few days ago, I, I would like to talk to them. She came in and spoke with them about, it was about her timeline and their connection to it. I think that's why she came in normally. Normally she's not the, a leader in the council in any way. She more or less represents the the neutrality space is there anything else she can tell us about her relationship with sari now well now they work closely together 
So their species has changed, meaning that they are from that timeline, it's evolved, because that timeline was hundreds of thousands of years ago, I believe. So that timeline now, as it exists in 2022, they've evolved. So you have that timeline that continues, but their species has evolved into a different kind of species. They hold, still hold the honesty or the the DNA and the neutrality and all of that, but they've, in their configuration and form, have changed. She works in the, or in that timeline with Sari, she would have come back and forth into the lab to work more closely with her around certain species. Okay, I didn't know this as well. So she also says she's a lie detector probably because they don't lie. So she feels the frequency of when there is a lie. So she's brought in when there is not experimentation because it feels like the lab has shut down on certain experimentation or at least harmful experimentation that would provide some kind of struggle or suffering. But she would come in when there is a species or, or some form brought in that feels not reputable or not reliable or not honest, then she would come in and read their energy so that it would be more realistic. There is something about there is something about choice. It's not being done on this planet as far as she knows, but there is something about choice with other human and humanoids that choose to have that kind of gene. So she's involved in that. It's like a transference, like what we would consider a blood transfer, you know, blood transfusion. There's an energetic transference that some humans on other planets or humanoids are curious and choosing to have that as their experience. I think it would be wildly startling to choose that <laughs> because I, I'm imagining I shave things all the time without realizing it right they don't don't we all well we bring it through a filter right so you know it's on filter of what we believe to be true but their filter is not it's not a filter it's more about this is the it's a fact right wasn't there a wasn't there a movie about with tim with jim carrey that he couldn't lie i think it was called liar yeah liar liar i i think that was yeah so, you know, you can just put yourself in that place and think of what your day would be like in your workspace and everything else, you know? Right. Yeah, it could be. Well, I think it would be life-changing. Yes, be, for everybody. Um, <laughs> lots of funny faces, as I recall. Just yes. trying to hold it back. Yeah, yeah. Trying to, trying to manage it. But yeah, it feels like to make that choice as a human in this realm, on this planet, uh, especially if you also got the piece about being a lie detector, you know, that just reading the news could be a whole new, a whole new, like it would, I don't know. It feels like a whole new world. Like, yeah, we yeah. take a 10 page news, news report and make it one, you know, when right. you take right. all the, all the twists and turns out of there. And uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. The impressions and all the, <laughs> yeah. the facts. So the other thing that struck me is that it's very interesting to not lie and to just be considering the facts and really be aligned with the facts. That sounds in 
you know, from my understanding, a little bit more left brain, when all of our compassion and all of our emotionals, they come from the right side. So she has access to both, which is really, really pretty, pretty interesting. Does she have anything else she'd like to say about that? It is, it actually, she would say that humans are capable of doing that. Many autistic people have a capability of doing that because their emotional level is with certain spectrum. People have an emotional level that they can put aside or it doesn't really interface with their logic or their their rationality or whatever. It doesn't blend with it. So she says that she knows that there's capability that we have. It's a learned process as well as a DNA thing. It would be for humans, it would be feeling your emotion, putting it aside and moving into the facts of what it's like clear communication. They consider that clear communication. It doesn't have any filtering in of your heart space or your compassion or your history or your experience in life that influences what you say and what you think and perceive about something. It just, it's just what comes out of their mouth is more of the facts. There's A, B, C, D, and E, and that's it. It sounds like there's less ego involved. There's no ego, it's facts. Right. So interesting. So very interesting. Has her species recovered? Are there men now? So, yes. So they've been able to procreate with the, you know, like the children that have emerged from that, they're male and female. So, yes, they are highly populated at, oh. in, in this time. And they still are investigating. That might be something that they're still doing with Sari is how did not the experimentation, but why did their species, why were the men incapable of procreating? They haven't um, looked at that. They're looking at environment on the planet and they're looking for something that is in the core of their planet that could be what we would consider radiation. Was it affecting them that way? But right now, you know, no, they're, they're thriving as a species and they're evolving still. And how is the relationship with the, the other scientists, the, you know, because they were leery, rightfully, does, does it feel like reparations occurred and that they're now healed? With, those, with the scientists that did the original experimentation, yes, there was a whole mediation with that that helped rectify. And I think what was more found out is that it wasn't just, and I think this is pretty normal when you do the whole pono or when you forgive somebody, when it's about forgiving somebody it's also more important to forgive yourselves. So, you know, their choice of, even though they might've been up against a wall and healing the, the males, and this was their only choice in using, or this is what they thought was their only choice in using these scientists to help them. There's also that responsibility and accountability for their choice and the forgiving of themselves that, you know, this is where we, we chose to do this in Maybe they knew the risk. I'm not quite sure if she was privy to that. The men may have known the risk. I don't know if she did. Right. Is there anything that she would like us to know? 
about her or her species or anything else. She's saying that humans are already working with her species in their new evolved state of healers. Some of them are healers, chose to be healers. Others vibrated a higher frequency and that some humans are connected to them in their guidance system or in their, or they're asking for them. But going back to being human, she would, she would have advised that the neutrality is the primary key to maintaining the balance of the right and left brain um, and to also achieve completion with whatever subjects that are in your life, whatever issues, events, that that maintaining neutrality and speaking from that place will also help to keep the lies away. It brings in truth. So neutrality will bring in truth. Is there anything else that we need to know regarding being co-creators? We've asked this question of almost everyone we've interviewed so far, but is there anything she'd like to add about it? Discipline. She would say as co-creators, it's not a hobby. We need to, we need to take it seriously and realize that every moment that we make a decision, whether that's in our minds and we make a decision or we take an action on that decision that's creating our reality over and over again. And if you don't like your reality, then, you know, it's the discipline of saying, I want to change it on a regular basis, not just a hobby that says, oh, I'd like to change that, but we do nothing. Our addictions are a big issue that she sees in humanity, that discipline and not excuses, but discipline, because we can be filled with excuses of why we are the way we are and blaming history and our parents and, and all of that. So it would be more of the discipline taking to heart what we can control within ourselves and the choices that we make and clearing the old issues so that it makes room for making better choices. Well, I think that's so wise. Taking personal responsibility for ourselves is a game changer. Once we stop pointing out, you know, that that you, that yeah. blame thing, yeah. everything shifts. So that's wonderful. Healing can't happen unless, healing cannot happen unless you take accountability for what you created. Even if it's a small piece. Because there's that, that's the truth of the issue, right? Is that when we take accountability... That's a piece of the truth of the issue. How did we get to this place that I created from way back when, maybe? Does she have any advice on how we can be better at learning to do that? Because I work with people and I'm often struggling. You know, it feels like I'm blaming them sometimes when I want them to take responsibility for the situation they're currently in. And Some I'm people not are very blocked in it, right? So they're blocked right. in their. Uh, because it's too frightening for them um, right. or their ego gets hit. It, it's finding a way. And I know that I've worked with somebody this past week that I was trying to explain to them about their ego and how it is similar to a family member that they have issue with. I had to reframe it like three or four times before they finally went, oh, 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 I get it. It's not about this. It's about that. Right. Right. It was an avenue in, 
Yeah. And I think that's what you look for is that avenue in of where there can be a mind meld. Where there can right. be a, and she would say her experience with the chamber, which is that transformation chamber, which I think we mentioned in some other thing that is very similar to the, I think it was last week, right? The EE system, which gives you that place of neutrality within the unified field. So in that place of neutrality, taking something in there to correct or because it does work on the DNA as well. So taking something an intention into that field feels like it is something she would advise to in knowing how to access that field, taking an intention into that field to clear something to whatever, even you as a therapist, she would say to utilize that field when you know that you're working with someone you know, to bring them into the field in in the moments that you need it, or even set that up before you even start working with them, knowing what you might run into, right? Yeah, so that you're working, engaging with them in a bigger dimension where they might be able to gravitate or grab something that's in the field that's important that you can't get through. Right. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's beautiful. That's very helpful to me. And I think for all of our listeners to know that they can bring in that field of neutrality the field of the chamber the field and and have an expanded amount of space to move in and to glean from i think that's so helpful especially when we're in a pinch about another person or about a situation or even if we're blaming ourselves terribly the neutrality is the is the equalizer the neutrality that that the elixir it is the elixir it really is yeah. I think it's- in fact, she's she's saying be creative with it when you need to when you need to create neutrality with yourself. Picture it as a liquid elixir, so that if you're visual, drink it. If you're not visual, picture it as if you signed it to the water or whatever that you're drinking, and drink it that way vibrationally. She said it does it does go in cellularly. That's great. I'm gonna shower in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a shower of neutrality. Yeah, it sounds great. Well, that's all I have. Is there any last things that you guys would like to tell us? She enjoys being a teacher. She enjoys finding out more about herself through the questions. So that's interesting. That is. Well, I'm sure we're going to have her on again. Maybe in her new, maybe in her new evolved place that they are in now, because this is the old timeline of her. Right. The new evolved place might give us all kinds of new questions right and right. I know that as I um, process the recordings after we're done with them I have more questions all the time and I think oh I wish I'd asked that oh I wish I asked that we'll have I'll, and I comfort myself with I'll have another opportunity it'll be all right and I wonder as we're talking about it bringing in a panel of like three of them yeah with subject yeah. matters you know and see how they see how they relate how they match, how they might not match, right? Right. We could ask our our listeners actually to present us with some questions. And if we have some topic headings that we would like to know to have a panel to answer those. Yeah, that would be great. That would be great. I think that would be really a lot of fun. We'll we'll be doing this podcast forever. It'll be great. (laughs) Until we get it. (laughs) Right. Until we get it. I hope we get it. Someday, someday we'll all be on the same page, but then and different. 
That's right, and different, and and celebrating all of those differences. All of those things, yes. All right, well, I think that's enough for today. I want to remind everyone of our listeners that if you want to ask any questions, go to soulunion.com, and you can email Darlene from there. We will absolutely either address them, if we can address them at the beginning of the hour, we will. (laughs) Otherwise, we'll incorporate them and ask the multidimensionals but we will address those questions. Great. Well, thank you, Melissa. You've always been great in doing this and I really appreciate your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. I I mean, what a treat. See you guys next time. All right. Take care.